Thank you for joining the Pinewood Church Podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you fresh perspective on how God is moving in your life. For more information, visit us at pinewoodboulder.com. Enjoy the message. I'm so excited to continue our series tonight through the book of Psalms. Don't you love the book of Psalms? We're working through all summer our favorite passages out of the book of Psalms. You know, if you have any favorites, feel free to send in your recommendations. That's all right. But I am so excited to be preaching. I was going to say my favorite. For sure, one of my favorites. I would say, I would say maybe this is my favorite. That's a big one. And it's Psalm 61. Many of you may be like, I never heard that before. Well, you're going to hear it tonight, and I hope that it blesses you. Psalm 61, and we're going to be looking at the first four verses. I have a question today. If you haven't noticed, we like to talk back and forth, and so this is a conversation, and I, I want to ask for some participation if that's okay. okay. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you. Let's go. <laughs> How many of you here today would say that at some point in your life, you have felt overwhelmed. How many of you here today would say, I have never felt overwhelmed in my life? You know, they would have been lying. How many of you here today would be really honest with everybody and say, I feel overwhelmed, maybe just a little, right now? (laughs) How many of you here today? (laughs) We're just going to keep going. How many of you here today say, I I feel pretty good right now. And don't feel bad about it. Don't feel bad. Raise your hand. Say, I feel pretty good. I'm underwhelmed. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't think that's a thing. So I'd say we just pretty much all confess today that at some point in our lives, we felt overwhelmed. And most of us today feel overwhelmed. My hand is up. I feel you. And that's why I love this passage is because I believe that many, many times in our life, we have those moments of feeling overwhelmed. Maybe even in the same day, you may wake up good, but by 8 a.m., you're overwhelmed. And then you may be good, 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 overwhelmed. And some of us may experience big seasons of overwhelmed that you genuinely feel like, am I ever going to catch a break? I just want a day of rest where I don't have to stress, where I don't have to worry, where I'm not depressed, where I'm not anxious. And I believe that all of us are at a different place here today. I also don't believe that feeling overwhelmed is always this, uh, this idea of bad things happening over your life. I think for many of us, we may be overwhelmed with good things. I have just... Too many blessings. I'm just so overwhelmed. (laughs) It could be. I remember, it's probably four years ago, maybe five. You know, in time, it's kind of confusing these days. But a while back, we had a moment where we were renovating a home. We just bought uh, a very, very ugly home. Um, I mean, it was bad. The whole thing was mildew and moldy. Uh, we basically ripped apart everything but the framing 
and the foundation. And we were renovating a home. My wife was six months pregnant. We were in a very busy time at church in transition. There was a lot of things that were happening in that moment. And I felt like my responsibilities amped up a little bit. So I'm working heavily at church. We were living outside. How many of you ever lived outside before? Amen. A couple people in the room understand. We were in a tent. I told my wife, we'll find you a home. We had friends that would have put her up. And she said, I just feel like you're going to be working on the house too much, and I want to be with you. So what do we do? We slept in a tent for four months-ish, five months, and a tiny little camper. Not the camper you're thinking about right now. Just FYI, different kind of camper. And we had three kids at that point, and life was a little crazy. Not to mention... I was in grad school. So, you, I mean, all good things, very, very overwhelmed. I remember there was one point in this season of life that I was outside after having worked a full day, after having worked four or five hours on this renovated house, while after all the kids had went to bed, under this canopy, with my laptop, with a hot spot on my phone, writing a paper while it was pouring down rain, just getting drenched, thinking, and well, the only reason I was in the car is, I mean, long story. But anyways, I was getting drenched, and I was thinking, I'm kind of overwhelmed right now. Like, how? Help. God, help me. You know, fast forward, fast forward four or five years. I would say that I was overwhelmed with good things. Fast forward four or five years to the present day. And I feel like the last couple months have been a season of uh, hard things and, and feeling overwhelmed with really hard challenges in our life. We, we have many close friends uh, that are going through some really difficult things and, and walking that journey with our close friends and, and the challenges that they have in front of them, you know, it's been hard for us um, feeling just some challenges at, at home with our uh, family and, and some diagnosis that we've recently, recently gotten with extended family and has just, has just weighed heavy in our hearts. And I, would, I feel like I can honestly tell my people that I've had moments in the last couple months where I have looked at my wife and I have said, uh, you know, she's been doing something and I just kind of walk up to her and I say, hey, uh, I'm super anxious right now. I feel overwhelmed. She's like, what is it? You know, you never really know. And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, there's this happening and, and then this story. And then I met with this person and then, and I just found this out. And I'm explaining all these things that I'm overwhelmed about. And we just have that conversation. And I feel like no matter, no matter what, it, whether you're here today and you're overwhelmed with good things and you just have a lot on your plate or, or maybe you're, you're with me and we're, we're, you're kind of overwhelmed with some serious challenges in your life. I believe that life's not about what overwhelms you? It's about where you turn when you feel overwhelmed. So tonight I want us to take our attention off of whatever it is that we're going through, and I want to focus on where we turn when we feel overwhelmed. Y'all ready to roll? Let's get this. Psalm 61, 1 through 4 says this, Oh God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. Sorry, mine has exclamation points. I don't know. I don't know if yours does, but mine does. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help. 
when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock, to, to the towering rock of safety for you and my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. Let's pray. Father God, we ask that you would uh, meet us here, speak to us here. I pray that you would allow us to become a little bit vulnerable today with where we are and where we turn. And God, as we engage your scripture, I pray that we would be honest with ourselves, And then we just spend this time to reflect on what your word says, the truth found in it. And God, I pray that we would not just be hearers of the word, but that we would apply what you're trying to tell us today in your word. God, we ask that your Holy Spirit be the teacher, because we know where your Holy Spirit is, life change happens. We leave better than the way that we came. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The title of the message tonight, if you're taking notes, is Send Help. Send help. When you're overwhelmed, send help. And I want to talk to, I want to, talk to you tonight about how, how we can pray when we feel overwhelmed. I believe that David gives us a very clear guidance of how we can pray when we feel overwhelmed. The first, first way we can pray is this. He says, listen to me. Listen to me. Oh God, listen to my cry. From the end of the earth I cry. Now, it's thought that David was far from home, but he wasn't talking about a physical, geographical away, but a spiritual. I'm crying from the ends of the earth. Help! I want to give you the first step. The first step in how to pray when you feel overwhelmed is this. This is, this is crucial. It's going to change everything. Pray. What? Did you come over that all on your own? I think we have this misconception about prayer that prayer has to be poetic, or you have to, if you only have scripture memorized, or I've never really sat under one. That's any, anybody that's taught me how to pray. Let me encourage you in something today. Listen to what he says. Oh God, listen to my cry. Uh, from the end of the earth, I cry to you, my heart is overwhelmed. He's just saying, God, I, I need help. I want to encourage you today. God doesn't need your prayers to be pretty or poetic. He wants your prayers to be just authentic, real talk. So I encourage you, step one, real talk. Talk to God, hashtag facts. What's going on in your life? The real you, the real situation. Turn to God and pray. God, I'm kind of exhausted right now. God, I've been in a heavy season, as you know. God, listen to my prayer. I'm crying out to you. Hear me. I need help. I'm depressed. God, I've been in a rough, rough spell these days. I'm feeling a little isolated. God, I got some questions. God, I got some doubts. God, I got some fears. God can handle all of your questions. He can handle all of your emotions, all of your thoughts. Step one, pray. I love how David says that. I cry to you for help. I want to encourage you today. When you cry out to God, he hears you. He wants you to cry out to, you, to him. He's listening. And as any good father, he wants to answer your prayer. Now I already know you're saying, yeah, 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 yeah. But I've been praying some things for a long time and God still hasn't answered. I already know. 
We're going to talk about that in a minute. Are you grateful today that when you're overwhelmed and anxious and fearful, God isn't? When you're overwhelmed, God isn't. So no matter what season you find yourself in, like you're drowning and you cry out to God, God's not drowning with you. He's steady. He's faithful. He's loving. He's going to carry you through. I believe that we need to, in our, as, far as, as far as it relates to being overwhelmed, I feel like we need to reverse the process. And what I mean by that is, our process is typically this. When we feel overwhelmed and stressed out and anxious, what's the first thing that we try to do? Fix it. And this is in every area of our life. Say you have, uh, let's take your career, for example. And there's somebody that you hate in your career. What's the first thing that you'd... And, and they're like uh, one of your coworkers. And you're like, I hate that guy. I hate that girl. You try to fix it. You're like, okay, I'm just going to kill him with kindness. Okay, that didn't work. All right, I'm going I'm to try this out. I'm going to write him a handwritten note. Okay, that didn't work. But we try to fix it. We try to strategize. And that's our first response. How do we fix this problem in our life? Because this thing is me overwhelmed. Or maybe it's your marriage. And maybe you're saying, I'm feeling overwhelmed in my marriage right now. And so step one, therapy. Step two, we read a book together. Step three, I buy flowers. Step four, we go on a trip and you just, you're trying to fix. So your first response is fix when I believe Dave is teaching us something much different here, that our first response should be prayer. At Pinewood, we believe that prayer is our first response, not our last resort. That in every season, whether we're in the high or the low, we pray first. We're in the mountaintops or in the valleys, we pray first. That prayer is our first response to any scenario. And that's what we see in David here. I was a... Uh, I was a pretty anxious kid. I think it could have been a a number of different things. Uh, I'm a bit OCD, uh, which is a part of it, Uh, mixed with I was very hyperactive. And I was also a very curious kid. And so whenever I was younger, I I lived lived anxious 24-7. And this caused some pretty significant health struggles for me as, as a little kid. And so... I would go to the hospital, and, and doctors would check me, and they'd say, he, you know, he's fine. But then I'd go home, and, and every night for almost two years, I would, uh, when it got nighttime, this is TMI, brace yourself. If you have a weak stomach, plug your ears. But I would come home, and every single night, before, whenever all the other kids would go to bed, I would go to the bathroom. And it was not pleasant. Because I would wake up the whole house. You know, I'm not a silent bathroom person. Ah! This is my, this is me in the bathroom. At least that's what my siblings tell me. And so they said, yeah, for two solid years, we didn't sleep. This was my struggle. My stress was affecting everybody. And, it, and I was really overwhelmed as a kid. And, and, and the reason I, I, I tell you this is not, not to just open up my struggles of my life. You know, I'm over it. 
I still have my moments, as many of you may or may not have experienced. <laughs> but I'm better. I'm better today. But I, you know, as a child, you know, I really didn't have a lot of external circumstances and stressors on my life. I had one responsibility as a child, like, like have fun and don't drive my parents crazy. You know, it was like, just find something to do. Like, go, go play basketball. Go do something. But I was so anxious. And I believe that for many of us, one of the reasons why we deal with so many anxieties and feeling, feelings of overwhelm is because there's an internal struggle. There's some internal things going on in our lives. I believe that feeling overwhelmed is more, than, more uh, than just the external circumstances around you. I believe it's internal. Here's some things if you're taking notes. The first thing that caused me to feel incredibly overwhelmed was the unknown. We oftentimes like to blame our external circumstances, but I think if we were to slow down for a minute, pause, reflect on our life, I would imagine one of the reasons why we feel so overwhelmed is because of the unknown. What's going to happen tomorrow? How is all of this going to turn out? It's not always necessarily the stressors of the day, but the stressors of tomorrow and the next day and the next day. I know this is one of my struggles. Next is control. I think a lot of us deal with this struggle, internal struggle of wanting to control everything around us. Control our circumstances. Control our friends. Control the outcome. Control our budget. Control our kids. I just can't control this. AKA, you know, you got an OCD problem. You got to name it to claim it. I'm naming it. Some of y'all need to name it. Some of y'all have a control problem. If things aren't going well in your career, you just freak out internally because you can't control your career. If things are going wrong in your marriage, you freak out internally because you can't control your spouse. The first is unknown. The second is control. And then the third thing, which this is the one that stings the most, is trust. You got a trust problem. You know, if I put myself out there again, they're going to hurt me again, just like everyone else has hurt me. And then you start to view God like everyone else. And now you don't trust God. And there's this internal struggle in every area of your life where you're feeling overwhelmed because God says he works all things out together for the good. But now I can't trust him because my life isn't good right now. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, but I feel like the world is overtaking me, so do can I really trust him? Can I really trust his word? And these are these internal struggles, and I feel like these internal struggles that we have, if we can name them, then we can tame them. We can bring them before God, and when we cry out to help, we can say, God, I'm struggling with control. Take it. And I'm struggling with the unknown. I believe that you have a plan and a purpose for my life. So I give it to you. I'm struggling to trust you, honestly. But, this is, but I'm going to cling to the promises of the scripture that says, to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, to lean not on in your own understanding in all your ways. I'm going to acknowledge you. And I'm going to believe that you're going to direct my path. I'm going to walk in trust. You see, these internal struggles that we have when we feel overwhelmed breed external symptoms. So if you're here today and you're feeling depressed, anxious, fearful, frustrated, 
let's look to the internal struggle that may be happening in your soul. And let's start to do some soul care. And first thing in soul care, take it to God. God, talk to me. I'm crying out to you. Listen to me. Send help. When you're at the end of your rope, where do you go? You know, David sounds like, and you know, there's a lot of other scriptures that you can read where you hear David kind of reaching the end of his rope where he's feeling overwhelmed and discouraged. But a question for you is when you're at the end of your rope and when you're overwhelmed, where do you turn? I think some of us turn towards anger. Some of us turn turn towards uh, self-medication. The thing that eased my pain temporarily before, I'm, because I don't want to wait on the Lord and be patient, I'm going to let it ease my pain again. And then, you let it, and then you let it destroy you one more time. But where do you turn when you're over, overwhelmed? Some people go towards destructive places. Some people go towards destructive and demoralizing people. Some people do the opposite. Some isolate themselves. And they say, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm going to curl up in my closet in the fetal position, and I'm not coming out until everything is okay. Anybody ever been there? I'm just going to stay in bed today. I'm sure many of us have felt that. But God is giving us a different prescription. And the second thing is this. He says, uh, I've had a prayer to God. He says, lead me. Listen to me, now lead me. Now that I got your ear, because you, now that you're listening, I, I need you to lead me, God, out of here. He says, lead me to the towering rock of safety, for you're my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. I believe this is such a beautiful prayer of trust and assurance in who God is and his character and his nature. I also love that when we pray this prayer, it's like, God, lead me, do what you can do. But if somebody is leading you somewhere, what do you have to do? You got to follow. So God's like, I'm going to take you somewhere. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. It's going to be a solid foundation. There's going to be safety there. It's going to be protection there. I'm going to be with you. But he doesn't necessarily say everything's going to be all good. And I feel like for a lot of us, whenever we read passages like this, immediately we're like, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been a safe refuge, a tower rock for my enemy. And then you step out of your prayer closet and everything's the same. And you're like, okay, now would be a great time. But, it, but if, if you're asking him to lead you as David is, then you've got to follow where he's calling you to go. Through what he's calling you to go through. I love this. And whenever I was reading this, uh, uh, something that came to my mind is we can often view these texts, and there's a lot of these in Psalms, because David is just expressing a lot of his raw emotion as escape plans. I'm going to say this, and everything's going to be okay. But I, I believe that more than an escape plan, this is a decree declaring the character and nature of who God is, and is claiming his promises over your circumstances. And I think it's important that we see the difference. 
Some other scriptures here that I absolutely love. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these down. Make these declarations over your life as God leads you. In uh, Psalms 18.2, he says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock where I seek refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. And I love this last part, the way that he ends it. He says, my stronghold. Psalms 18.2. And then Psalm 62.2, he says, He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I love this. Wait for it. I will never be shaken. That's something. Tattoo. I'm not going down. I'll never be shaken. Because God is my rock. Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they are protected. Which would mean that the unrighteous would flee. So it just seems ironic that in the deepest moment where we want the most protection in our sense of overwhelmingness, we run the opposite way. But the righteous run to the strong tower, and they find God's protection. Believe in a climate of confusion and a culture of shaky ground, and when many of the atmospheres that we're involved with are full of fear and doubt, I believe it is a huge blessing as Jesus followers to say that we stand on the rock of salvation. Come on! The rock will not be moved. Let's go! Somebody believes it today. It is a firm foundation and it is not going to be moved. It is for sure. It is sufficient and its purpose is forever. Last thing that I'll say about this, that when I read this text, uh, I like that it says... Uh, you lead me to a rock that is higher than I. What he's referring to in the text there is he's saying, you're taking me to a place that I can't get to on my own. In the words of Josh Groban, you raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. Strong when I am on your shoulder, you raise me up to more than I can be. That's a good one. Front row choir, right here. Front row choir. Worship team, shout out. We'll add that one to the playlist. But he's saying, You raise me up to a place that otherwise I could not go. And I think it's interesting that he says, Higher. You know, I was. On a hike, and you know, we're in the mountains, so this actually was perfect. I went on a hike. I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed. And it's amazing what happens in a shift in your perspective when you go higher. You know, when you're down in the thick of your circumstances and everything that's going on, it's, it's, it's all you can see. But whenever I went on this hike, I started hiking up Sinitas. Because that's the mountain everybody hikes up around here. You just, that's the mountain. You just hike up Sanitas. And I went, and I, I got close to the top, but I didn't want to be where people were, so I kind of nuzzled in like a rock that was kind of off to the side. And I was sitting there and overlooking the city, and in that moment, I felt like God was just speaking to me. And I wasn't, in that moment, I wasn't thinking about the things that were overwhelmed. I was actually thinking about the blessings on my life. I was actually thinking about the calling that God had called on my life. And, and 
when I got raised up higher, I had a different perspective on my circumstances. And so now the, the whole way down the mountain, instead of being overwhelmed by the things that I really couldn't change, I was praising God for all of the blessings that he had given me and put on my life. So I feel I want to speak that over here. Some of us just need to be raised a little higher and cry out to God. Say, raise me up higher. God, I want a new perspective. I want your perspective of what you've called me to. I want your perspective of my circumstances right now. Raise me up to more than I can see. Last thing is this, how to pray. Listen to me, lead me. And then the last thing is this, let me live. I love the last part of this text. He says, let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. He says, lead. Lead me requires you to follow. Let me live requires you to rest. And sometimes I believe that we can see these two truths as opposition. I'm either striving or I'm resting. But I believe that God in his sovereignty provides both. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you but I can be at rest. I can be at peace in the circumstances in my life. I can dwell in your tent. Another way that this is saying it is that the sanctuary is another word for his tent. It's another way to, for, to reference where his presence dwells. And he's saying, I can rest. I can live in your presence. That even though I'm following you through these trials and my, my heart may be overwhelmed, I can, I can, I can feel your, your peace and your presence. You see, when you're overwhelmed, God is steady. When you're weary, God is your strength. When you're in the valley, God takes you higher. And when you're isolated, God is always with you. And when you're afraid, he's your everlasting peace. And his presence is with you. 24-7, Psalms 36-7 says, How priceless your faithful love is, God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Psalms 57-1, Be gracious to me, God, gracious for me, for I take refuge in you. I will seek refuge in the shadow of your wings until the danger passes. I'm gonna, that, that must mean that he's in danger. But he's finding rest. In God's presence. Psalm 63, 7. Because you are my helper, I will rejoice in the shadow of your wings. So not only can we rest in the shadow of his wings, but we can rejoice in the shadow of his wings. The, there's four analogies, four metaphors here that he gives you here. And I love this. He says, you're going to take me higher to a, a rock where I'm going to be safe. So imagine, imagine me climbing a mountain, and now I'm higher in a rock. Then he says, there's, there's this fortress that you're building around me to protect me. But then I can dwell, imagine a tent or God's presence. I can dwell in your sanctuary. And then he says, you can hide under the shadow of my wings. Are you starting to see the imagery here? That God is faithful to restore and deliver you 360 degrees. You're covered up, down, and all around. 
That's God's faithful love towards you. And that's why this is one of my favorite psalms. That you can be in the tightest spot. You can be overwhelmed and God's got you. You can be at the ends of the earth. There was a, a man in West Africa who was a pastor and he was a teacher. And it was in a location where uh, there was a lot of persecution for people of faith. There's a lot of places in the world where if you preach or if you teach, then the audio goes crazy and there's a lot of spiritual warfare. A lot of persecution. But he was in a place where there was legit persecution. I'll take that all day long. And, this, and he was preaching the gospel. He's planting churches. And all of a sudden, the army shows up at his front door. And they come to take him away for preaching the gospel. And he looks to his wife and says, don't worry. I'll be home for dinner. And he gets taken away by the army, very scary, because this typically doesn't work out very well in this specific country for people who are brought in by the army for preaching the gospel. So he gets brought in, and they put him in a container, a small container, very little light. And he's in this container, and they lock him up until they decide what to do with him. And all of a sudden, they start hearing worship, coming out of a container. Singing worship and psalms and rejoicing out of the container about God's faithfulness and God's love. And they're banging on there, telling him to shut up. And you know, As the story goes, he's like, you put me in this container. This is my container. I'll do what I want in this container. And you know, he's covered 360 degrees in this container. And he's doing what? He's rejoicing. And he's praising God in the persecution. Why? Because he's more than being 360 degree covered in the container. He's covered in God's presence. And when he looks around, he's not worried about his circumstances. He's not overwhelmed. He's saying, God, I trust you. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. God, you're faithful. You're a shelter. You're my rock. God, I just want to dwell in your presence. They hear the, uh, the, main uh, uh, marine and chief over all of the army, hears of what's happening. And they're saying, yeah, we can't get this guy to shut up. And he goes over and he, he pulls him out and he says, hey, you know, I don't know what this is all about. But there's some confidence and some courage that you have that my men don't. My men are cowards, but yet you in prison are courageous. Can can I send you home and then tomorrow you come back and you train my men and how to have that type of courage and that type of confidence? And so he goes home in time for dinner, just like he promised his wife. And she, you know, her and along with all of his other friends are like, don't you see? He's giving you an opportunity to escape, run. But he doesn't. Instead, the next day he shows up to the king And he starts teaching these soldiers how they can have confidence too. And he starts preaching about Jesus. And one by one, we see these army men and women come to faith in Jesus Christ one by one. And then they start planting churches one by one. And here we are, many years later, we see a revival sweeping across West Africa of over 8,000 churches planted by this man's faithfulness 
to, when he's overwhelmed, to not retreat, but to run to the presence of God and to declare his promises over his situation. Now, it'd be convenient if this was just a story that I pulled off the internet, but the reality is this man is a dear friend of mine. And his name is Pastor Shadonke Johnson. He's actually going to be with us at our one-year anniversary this year, preaching the fire. <laughs> You're going to get to experience this man's faith for, for yourself, and it's going to be so good. But I want to encourage you today. What, when you're overwhelmed and everything is surrounding you, I want to encourage you today in three things. First is this. I want you to talk to God. Take this prayer. Take many of the others that I name. Declare them to God. I want you to talk to God. Second thing, I want you to trust God. God, my heart is overwhelmed. I trust you. Wherever you lead, I trust you. And then the third thing is this. I want you to tell somebody. You know, we want to we walk the journey with you, and we, we, we can't pray for you or walk with you if we just don't know. There's this statement that says you're only as sick as your secrets. Now, I feel like many of us just need to be vulnerable with one another and just to say everything's not okay. I'm overwhelmed. I think many of us need to be vulnerable with ourselves and say, I've been trying to do this on my own for far too long. We need to be vulnerable with each other just to pull somebody aside and say, I'm in a really dark place and I'm really overwhelmed and I need help. Talk to God, trust God, and tell somebody. You're never meant to do it alone. We want to be with you. If you would, go ahead and stay in your feet as I pray. And we're going to go ahead and end with one final song. I like to call this a song of response. This is where you get to participate. And in this prayer, during this song, I just want you to pray to God. If your heart is overwhelmed, give it to him. Declare his promises over your circumstances. If you feel inclined, the front of this stage is also known as an altar, a place where you can fall flat on your face and give up to God anything that's on your heart and in your mind. You want to pray with somebody? Come find me. Come find any of us on the front. Grab the person next to you and say, pray with me. I'm a little overwhelmed right now. And during this song, I pray that you would allow the Spirit to move. Our community at Pinewood Church aims to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus in Boulder and around the world. Thank you for your support. If you would like to further connect with us, you can find out more at pinewoodboulder.com or on any social media platform with the handle at pinewoodboulder.com.